0: What's up, church planters and all you fans of church planting? My name is Jared Huntley, and I'm with my good friend, Matt Hess. And you are listening to In the Trenches, a podcast by Everyday Church Planters for the everyday church planter. And this podcast isn't just for church planters. It's for anyone who loves church planting and wants to get in the trenches and proclaim the kingdom of God. What's up, Matt?
1: What's going on, my friend?
0: Not much, man. Not much. Just enjoying this... Another cold, wintry day in Canada. Oh
1: man, yesterday was insane. It was. We got lots of snow. Man, we got back from Memphis, and uh, the first day back. So when we were gone, Erica kept on saying, "Hey, ask somebody to you know come over and uh, shovel our drive." And so she reached out to one of. uh, So I kept forgetting about. So she reached out to one of her girlfriends here, and they said, "Well." there's no snow in my drive cause I guess the sun came out when we were mm-hmm. away and it melted it all away. Mm-hmm. And so we were like, Oh, awesome. That's cool. But then it iced or rained or something like that. Yep. And so we came back and like our driveway was like a skating rink. Yep. It's so bad, man. And so me and the boys last night were just like out there, like chipping away, pouring hot water, then salt on it, you yeah. know, to try to get yeah. it to yeah. melt. It was terrible, but yeah, it was, it was something else.
0: Yeah, man, it was Uh, it got the backyard was like that for us because, you know, there's snow on the ground and then yeah. the freezing rain comes on top and says so like a skating rink. So it's really funny because whenever we let the dog out in the backyard, he goes sprinting out there, right? He goes sprint yeah. to the, straight to the back, man. There's I, I don't know why, but it's just uh, if you want to have a good time, then go watch a dog try to run on ice. Yeah, they just <laughs> they keep he's, on slipping and just falling. like slip. It's kind of like the cartoons, you know, where they're yeah. trying to get going and he's sliding yeah. all over the place. Jen told me she let him out. Um, a couple of days ago, and he literally slid into the fence. Like he just he couldn't put the brakes on fast enough, and he oh, whacked gosh. right into the fence. So, That's funny. And you guys yeah. got
1: like a like a decline in your backyard too. Yeah, we
0: have we have our own sledding hill, mini sledding hill in the backyard. Nice. So.
1: How about Simba? Does Does he go out there?
0: Um, no, he actually he always wants to go out the front door. He's a cat, by the way. Yeah. Uh, he always wants to go out the front door, and Jen actually let him last night. And he just he he stepped outside as soon as he stepped on the snow, he went right back inside. Oh wow! He was like oh, I don't want any. Part when, of this. when I
1: first got over here today, I went to the to the washroom, and uh, Simba was on the counter. And as I'm going to the bathroom, <laughs> he just kept on like rubbing up against with his head against my arm, and I was like, oh, okay, this this is a little different. <laughs>
0: Good cat, good cat. <laughs> he just likes to show he's, affection no matter what. He's an affectionate fellow, man, No matter Simba. what's happening. He's
1: yeah. always in the bathroom whenever I come over here. He's always like, sit. that's his place, huh? Yeah. Eh? yeah.
0: Well, he likes to drink from the water faucet, so he's hoping that somebody will turn the water faucet on oh. for him so that he can drink out of it. Okay. That's, he's obsessed with it for some reason. That's his thing, man. That's his thing. So, wow. Yeah, is a pretty, he's a pretty big cat. He is a pretty big boy.
1: My mom once had like a 27-pound cat. Twenty seven. Twenty seven pounds. It That's was huge, man.
0: Sure it wasn't like a bobcat?
1: No, so. his name was uh Simba. Uh, not I said Simba, Shadow. Mm-hmm. Shadow. And it was a black cat <laughs> with like white like uh paws and stuff, but yeah.
0: My uh my grandmother when I was growing up, I'd go over to her house and I was, you know, two, three, four yeah. years old. And she had a cat named Squeaky. I hated Squeaky. Me and Squeaky were arch nemesis. Oh. Uh, and so Squeaky, because here's what happened. One time when I was about three years old. And my grandmother loves to tell this story, by the way. Uh, I was Shout out, up, Grandma. Shout out, Nanny. Um, and uh, I was coming out of, I guess, the room that I was staying in. I come around the corner. Well, at the same time, the cat, Squeaky, and this wasn't a very nice cat. Yeah. cat comes around the corner, and we meet each other face-to-face in the hallway. Well, that cat, like, you know how the cat's, like, bow their back up, and right. he hisses. And, of course, I'm three, and so this scares oh, wow. the crap out of me. And the cat, three man, you're going way back. So that the cat is terrified, I'm terrified, and ever. Yeah. And after that, like I did not, I did not want to be around that cat. I was afraid of that cat. I always thought that I just did not like that cat at all. And so I wasn't a cat person. Yeah. I really have. I've always told people I hate cats. Yeah. Until we got Simba, because Jen loves cats. Yeah. And so I decided to take one for the team and let her. Get you just look at Jen
1: and say she's into
0: cats. You, you could just say Jin likes cats what does that mean she's just so nice she's so sweet <laughs> okay she's, she's just such a sweet, I thought she, sweet are you calling my wife a cat lady <laughs> no <laughs> she's just so nice right she just seems like the kind of person that really she, loves cats she's so she, friendly she, just, she loves she's kind hearted she loves everything yeah. everybody everything so, yeah man uh, she yeah cat, cats have grown on me at least our cat has because he's he's yeah. not mean like Squeaky was he's very affectionate yeah and um, so I think I've gotten over my 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 like traumatic experience hey speaking squeaky. of
1: cast did you see a couple of weeks ago that 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 dude I think out in maybe I, thought, I want to say Colorado but
0: he like killed the yeah he got attacked by a mountain it was a mountain, mountain lion, lion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. holy crow, man yeah, yeah. kill awesome. he killed that thing yeah that's that's pretty Dang, that's manly yeah it's
1: very manly I love to plant a church with that dude <laughs> there you go He's, yeah. he's going to go take territory. That's right.
0: And did you see the picture of him, too? Like, he's a he's not a big dude. No. He's like, he's got a runner, you know, like he's yeah, skinny. Yeah, he's like a lean. Yeah, lean runner. Runner but type. That dude, he, and he choked it to death. That's fight, or, awesome. fight or flight baby. He put it in a rear naked choke and dude. just like choked that sucker dude. out. He's so like, cool.
1: I knew all that time watching MMA was going to pay off. Right? Choked out a
0: mountain lion. Pretty legit. How many people can say that in their life? Like he's probably one of like I bet you could count on one hand people yeah. on the planet that have choked out a mountain lion. He yeah, might be the only person who's done it who's alive.
1: Yeah, you know Jim Gaffigan, the comedian. Yeah, dude is so funny, man. You remember, he he has this bit when he's talking about being the. uh. No, no, I don't know if it's Jim Gaffigan actually does this. It might be another comedian. I might be getting mixed up. But anyways, there's a comedian who talks about being an astronaut, mm-hmm. and you know, like you're in the room, and and he's just kind of biding his time, like. He's just eating chips, listening to everybody's stories. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm, that's interesting. But then he's like, "I walked
1: on the moon." You know? it's like, yeah, that'd be like this mountain lion guy. Yeah, yeah, he'd be like, "Oh wow, you got a new lawnmower." It's like I once choked out a mountain lion uh, with my bare hands. With my bare hands. Like, what are you gonna say to that? Yeah. Uh, I
0: yeah, can't, that, can't that was the
1: it starting and quarterback for my JV high school JV team. Yeah, <laughs>
0: we went all the way.
1: What are we talking about today?
0: Pretty hardcore. Man, we're gonna talk about spiritual warfare. So that doesn't happen in church planning. Mm, I beg to differ. So Ephesians six twelve, yeah. You know, is a passage that we, we know well. It says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, against the powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Yeah. And so that's kind of what we're signing up for when we decide to follow Jesus. Yeah, that's and, right, man. And um, especially if you're involved in church planting, yeah, then you're going to be on the front lines, uh, and so you're going to be right in the thick of it. So, Matt, I, I wanted to ask you, uh, can you think of a time maybe when you became very aware that you were in the midst of a spiritual war early on in your church planting journey?
1: Yeah, I think there's two times. Um, I think there's two times that really stick out to me. I think when I burned out several years ago, that was a pretty difficult time, and I think there was spiritual warfare going on there as well. Yeah. I think the first time was, you know, we these people came to the church where they just questioned seemingly everything I did. Hmm. Um, we didn't really have a team, which is never good. I don't know if we'll get into it today, but this is <laughs> spiritual warfare. Is another reason why you should plant with a team. Yeah, it's a lot. Better to endure things uh, with, you know, a a team of leaders than just you and your wife. Yep. But, yeah, these people were just, like, questioning everything I did. Um, And then in the midst of that, we had guests that was, like, questioning everything I did. And I was like, where are these people coming from? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then you figure out, like, oh, they're coming from the enemy. Yeah. You know? I mean, I'm not one of those people who... I think there's two extremes, right? And uh, you always talk about the pendulum effect. I think like, well, oh, I mean, like, Satan's behind every bush and he's trying to, mm-hmm. you know, spiritual warfare is like right there all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's people like, oh, spiritual warfare that's, that's like what the charismatics believe. That's not real. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think you have to realize that, yes, the enemy does come to kill still, um, and destroy us. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then it really does happen. Yeah. So I, I think that was, those are a couple of times. And there's been a bunch of other different things, you know. Um, there's been seasons of like health with my family and, Mm -hmm. you know, different things like that. But, um, Mm -hmm. those are the two times that really stick out to me.
0: Yeah. And we'll talk here in a second about kind of distinguishing between like what is spiritual warfare and what's not, you know, what's, what do we attribute to the devil and what do we attribute to, you know, other things. But yeah, I, I think that, you know, for me it was, you know, right after we had started having corporate gatherings, um, and, you know, we had, uh, what we would call quote unquote launch or whatever. Um, and within a couple of months of that happening, um, the, uh, son of one of our core team members died yeah. of a drug overdose. Uh, he's now one of our elders. Uh, and so he, he passed away. That was, you know, for a little church plant, you know, team yeah. of 12 people. I mean, that was Tough. That kind of rocked us. You know what I mean? That right. was that, that threw everybody for a loop and. Uh, and then uh, ha- almost half of our core team left uh, yeah. the church, you know, lost within, a lot of people. within that, uh, within that time frame, lost a lot of people uh, who, you know, were uh, with us in the beginning and, you know, for various reasons, you know, they moved on. And, and um, so that was hard, yeah. right? And that was, that was kind of like, like, man, okay, we were right in the thick of it, you know, and it's hard enough as it is trying to share the gospel in a place where, you know, uh, 99% of the people uh, are not you know, born again, yeah. they're, they're not Christians. Uh, and you meet a lot of resistance, but then you compound it, you know, yeah. with all these different variables that begin to happen, all these attacks that start to happen. So, um, you know, I, I think, I think every time we want to quit, you know, spiritual warfare, Yeah, you know, and every, anybody who's planted a church will tell you, you know, like, yeah, think about quitting frequently, you know, yeah. there, there are seasons where it's a very real, you know, like temptation to just want to give up. Right. Yeah. you,
1: we, you know there's especially when you're in the beginning stages in the beginning season you, you when things aren't going well uh, you feel like oh man this is this am i really called to this is this really what i'm supposed to be doing mm-hmm. you know and you really in satan man he well, he's the father of lies right father of deception so he comes in to deceive us and it's it we got to be so careful man because the first lie that we believe And it leads to more uh, acceptance of more lies. And before we know it, you know, we're super discouraged. We're super on our backs. And, uh, you know, it does. It feels like, man, what am I doing here? And Mm -hmm. and I think a lot of guys quit prematurely because of spiritual warfare. They don't know how to endure spiritual warfare. Yeah. And it is a battle. It is a fight. And, you know, we don't talk enough about it. And I think also we don't say, hey, listen, you can go do something else, man. You. Like in our case, you know, like it's freezing. It was it's four degrees Fahrenheit on the way over here this morning. You know, it's cold and snowy and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, yeah, I could go and plant a church in the Bahamas or like, you know, Miami, Florida, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And but is is there the spiritual warfare not exist in those places? Absolutely does it yeah. absolutely does.
0: Grass is not greener on the other side. No, it isn't. Yeah. And um, so I think all that matters. Sure, absolutely. Um, so let's talk. Let's talk about. I kind of hone in so we can kind of more properly define spiritual warfare. Yeah. How much of what goes wrong do you think that we should attribute to spiritual warfare? And I know you, you kind of already alluded to this. Um, and I heard somebody say one time that there's two mistakes that we can make. We can attribute everything to the devil or attribute nothing to the devil. Right. Um, yeah. so how much of what goes wrong do you think we should attribute to spiritual warfare?
1: Golly man. It's a great question. Uh, <clears throat>
0: Now, how do you know what oh, is spiritual gosh. warfare and what's not, I to guard my
1: words here. I just, you know, um, I'm not the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. right? But, mm-hmm. like, I, I think when it's constant, you know, yeah. I think when it's constant, I think when it's consistent, and it doesn't stop mm-hmm. for a season, it, you know, and you, um, it, it, you know, uh, I think it's safe to say with what was going on with Job was spiritual warfare. Yeah. God knew about it. Mm-hmm. God knows about our spiritual warfare. Sure. I I think that um, more so than, you know, what goes wrong, how do we, you know, attributing that to spiritual warfare or not, I think the value in what we see with what's going on with spiritual warfare, that will shift sometimes the way we think. I don't know sometimes, man, to be frank. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I just want to be honest. Our that's, listeners. Pro- that's probably the right answer. You know, I just, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I, I get nervous when guys do think they know all the yeah. time. Yeah. You know, when guy even to answer your question, you know, like um, earlier, I, I, I genuinely sensed when I, especially the second time when I was going through burnout, I really felt like there was some spiritual oppression there. Mm-hmm. I really did. I felt like the enemy was. You know, really have me by the throat in some mm-hmm. ways, and I and being in ministry for a period of time, you know, I've I've learned some things over the years, and one of those things is when you're going through spiritual warfare, call people around you,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, have people lay hands on That's you, right. have people pray for deliverance, you know, in terms of like take, you know, take this cup for me if yeah. it's the, if it's the Father's will, you know, mm-hmm. um, and then you know I don't want to get in, we I mean, we can I don't mind but like you know a big theological debate here but mm-hmm. you know I, I I just don't I can I've never been able to un, get on board with saying that Christians can be like uh, demonically um, possessed mm-hmm. I think Christians can be spiritually oppressed mm-hmm. I think that's very clear in Scripture yep. um, so but but I don't know yeah I I think when I go back to couple of different seasons in my life I think um, there was definitely spiritual warfare going on spiritual oppression sure. going on and I and I think there's different seasons I mean uh, I, just as you were talking earlier I was looking up uh, set one of my favorite passages of Scripture mm-hmm. it's uh can I read it yeah absolutely sent Kings 6 uh, chapter 6 17 through 20 uh, I love the story and Elisha prayed, yeah, open yeah. his eyes Lord so that he may see Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. And as the enemy came toward him, Elisha prayed to the Lord, strike this army with blindness. So he struck them with blindness as Elijah had asked. Elisha told them, this is not the road and this is not the city. Follow me and I will lead you to the man you're looking for. And he led them to Samaria. Um, And verse 20, they entered the city. Elisha said, Lord, open the eyes of these men so they can see. Then the Lord opened their eyes and they looked and there they were inside Samaria. Um, I always love that that story because the servant didn't know what was going on yep we don't know what's going on mm-hmm. but this story gives us insight in other passages of scripture gives us insight to understand and know that we're constantly in the midst of a battle yep so spiritual warfare to me is constantly going on it's mm-hmm. going on right now as we record this That's episode right. That's right the levels and the variations of which it takes place is I, I don't know that-hmm but I do know this, in my life personally, when I'm not walking with the Lord, when I'm not repenting of sin, I do believe that I'm opening myself up yeah. for even deeper spiritual attacks. Sure. Yeah,
0: that's good, man. That's yeah. a lot. No, that's your question. no, that's a that's good. It's yeah. good stuff. Um, you know, as I was thinking about this, I started thinking about okay, well, just off the top of my head, what could I think about in Scripture that that's attributed to the devil, right? And so there's, you know, you, you hear the Bible talking about Satan sowing discord uh, in the church, uh, the doctrine of demons, right? So Satan is behind false teaching and false teachers. Uh, Satan inflicts sickness and disease at times on people like Job, for example. Um, uh, first Thessalonians two, Paul says that Satan prevented his team from going to Thessalonica. Mm -hmm. And yet, and yet in another place in the Bible in Acts, Paul says it was the spirit of Jesus that prevented them from going to Bithynia. How did Paul know that it was the spirit of Jesus in one instance yeah. and Satan in the other. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's both in a way. Maybe God is using the enemy. The enemy thinks that he's actually thwarting the will of God, but he's yeah. really playing right into God's hand. I mean, I think that there's definitely yeah. some of that. I mean, for sure, there's some of that in Job. Um, and then, you know, Satan opposes the church and the gospel. That's very obvious. Yeah. Uh, 2 Corinthians 4 says he blinds the hearts and minds right. of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. I've been so. in
1: situations before where I'm going to change what I said earlier. Most of the time I don't know, but I've been in situations before where like I know. And um, One time I think about when I was in the pastorate down mm-hmm. States. I, I just had an individual man. I, I believe he was just being used by the enemy. Mm-hmm. And he was bringing division, disunity, uh, gossip, slander. So how do you know that's of the enemy? Well, I know it's not of Jesus. Yep. Right? Yep. Galatians 5, mm-hmm. 18 through 22 talks about the list, the fruits of the spirit. Yep. We, we jump into the fruits of the spirit. We don't talk so much about the things that we know mm-hmm. that were not of Christ. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, man, when, when we see the things that you just now talked about,
0: yeah. we don't have to wonder. Yeah.
1: Those things aren't of Christ. So they're yeah. of of the enemy, right? Mm-hmm.
0: You know, just made me think. We've had a couple of instances that, like that that have happened here. Yeah. Uh, while we've been here, we've had you know people who, you know, in the community or whatever that we've tried to reach out to, and they've begun to attack me and attack our church in different ways. And I there's a couple instances in particular where I, I'm certain, absolutely convinced that it was demonic oppression or yeah. demonic possession. Uh, yeah. from these people uh we've actually uh we've and um you know i don't know what our listeners believe about this but i can tell you this that we have had an encounter where we cast a demon out of somebody yeah and um i i was there i believed yeah. it was legitimate yeah um and so you know like we've come up against some of this stuff yeah um, but i remember one of the things i remember is that uh when i was being attacked you know uh, the the things that were being said yeah were things that, you know, when we look back, we were like, the only person who would say that stuff is the devil. Yeah. And it was like specific, like specific attacks on me speaking to my own insecurities and fears, yeah. right? Like and trying to aff- almost affirm those yeah. things, right? Uh, affirm things that the devil would say to me. Yeah. And like just really recognizing like, oh, this is the devil. Like, yeah. get, get out of here with that stuff. You know what yeah. I mean? And it was just yeah. kind of like, we just prayed. We're like, whatever, you know, we, yeah. don't, we don't care what you say. Well, you know? and is it, so...
1: Why, I, when we talk about spiritual warfare and people get all nervous, Nelly, why, I, I never have understood why. Because is it such a stretch of imagination to believe that if God uses us, the enemy doesn't use others? Yeah. Like, you know, and man, I could tell you crazy stories, man. From, I remember my, we were talking about just this past week. I had a missions professor who's like a legend. His name's Bud Bickers. He's gone on to glory. But the stories this guy would tell me and our students, man, we were just like enthralled. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I was telling my little bro in he's like, Matt, do you think that really happened? I was like, I know it did. Mm-hmm. Like this dude doesn't, he wasn't, he was like one well, of the most godliest man I've ever known. He's not going to just make up things. And like some of the things that he would talk about, like the spiritual warfare and the stories that would mm-hmm. happen. And, you know, and uh, people's like, like ghost all this kind of stuff mm-hmm. man i think satan uses all these things sure. and um what we contribute like to this weird, mysterious oh you know whatever mm-hmm. no man there's yeah. there's good there's evil mm-hmm. there's heaven there's hell yeah
0: there's god there's satan
1: sure.
0: and it's and a lot of it's mysterious and i think that's what we need to remember right like I think where we get into trouble is when we start to try to define all of these things and understand them and come up with programs, right. To like deal with them, like, okay, we're going to come up with a systematic program and here's how we're going to cast out all the devils. And, you know, and we're going to do like, this is how, you know, we're going to do it this, you know, this time, you know, or whatever. Like I just, I think we as human beings, we want to have, we, we long for control. We long to be able to, uh, define things and to be able to get wrap our minds and our heads around something and go okay now we know what we're dealing with and now we have a we have a a, a solution for it yeah. right now every time we come up against this all we have to do is just follow these steps right yeah. and that's how spiritual warfare is and i just do I just don't yeah. think that's the case i think that um well you know there's some mystery to it you know?
1: well and you better be careful with how you do that right like sure. I know paul and I know jesus but who are you yep Right, yep. I mean, like how we, what we do, and, and whose name and what authority we claim to do it in, mm-hmm. better be cautious. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yep, that's right. So, what what kind of unwanted side effects can come from maybe an unhealthy overemphasis on the demonic or on spiritual warfare? What's the danger of kind of overemphasizing that and seeing, like you said, seeing the devil in every behind every bush?
1: Well, yeah, man. I grew up in i grew up with a lot of this right right and um i grew up in heavy deliverance ministries um and i mean i, I remember conversations in, in in my household and like in church parlors and all that kind of stuff you know and it's like um well i, I got laid off oh that's satan satan did that yeah let's we're, right now we're gonna pray right now and and you know we're gonna pray send me right now mm-hmm. Well, I've, i i've got the flu i i remember um my mom and dad really got us some bad theology as mm-hmm. a kid, and um, we really got neck deep into the prosperity movement. I remember as a kid being sick and saying, "Oh man, my throat hurts so bad," and like being rebuked, mm-hmm. like "You're not sick, you're healthy." In Jesus' name, yep. you know. And it's kind of the same. I, I don't know if you've seen this or not, but like some of these unhealthy views on like deliverance and like prosperity, it's it, it's becoming very interlinked. And yep, um, the
0: overemphasis on on the yeah. demonic, and there's also a uh, a reticence, that, you know, to be very careful to never ever. Um, uh, well, I guess like there's this push to try to let God off the hook, so to speak. Yeah. Make sure no God is never responsible for anything negative that happens in your yeah. life or bad. God would never ever do that. Um, well, yeah, because you know, if so, God
1: wants you to always be wealthy and healthy, right, then that would include spiritual right. so oppression.
0: so the devil is in all of. the the bad things yeah so
1: So i think i think that's some of the dangers in it Mm -hmm. you know um i i think that when you start to when you see it in everything Mm -hmm. you know every single person is spiritually oppressed every single person is spiritually possessed you know and i think sometimes it can be the semantics of words Mm -hmm. you know if a lost person doesn't know christ can you say they're possessed Whoa. I mean, they're they're not working for Christ, mm-hmm. you know. Are they possessed? They're just spiritually dead. Yeah, maybe. Yep. Um, so I think that's the danger.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And then you um,
1: stop focusing on other things.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think you know, like blaming um, sin issues on you know mm. uh, spiritual, like spiritual warfare, quote, quote unquote, like you know on on the demonic or what have you. You know, like when we start. Um, like I think a lot of times we can really set people up for failure like if you like so if you go to you know somebody's struggling with a pornography addiction and, and you and you go to that person you say oh, I'm gonna cast out that demon of pornography out of you or whatever I'm gonna pray over you and, and I'm gonna break that chain so to speak and, and you're not gonna struggle with this anymore yeah well what happens the next day when that guy goes goes home and he goes oh, I want to look at porn right yeah and like what, what does that do to that person what does that do to yeah. their faith? Because, you know, like where in the Bible do we get this, you know, that where in the Bible is there an example where we don't have to, uh, like this verse that's right in front of him on my wall, by the Spirit, put to death the deeds of the body. Right. Right? Like, we we don't have a pass from that. There's not like, you know, yeah. oh, unless, unless uh, you know, uh, a special anointed person comes up and breaks the chain, and then you don't have yeah. to put to death the deeds of the body by the Spirit anymore. Yeah. You get to skip that step. I just don't see that.
1: It, it always... This, it always reminds me of this, uh, this story I had with one of my seminary professors, who I still am in touch with and love greatly. And uh, he was telling me about this guy when he was he was a younger guy, I guess, like a, probably like 21, 22, something like that. And he always struggled with pornography, mm-hmm. to your point. And he, he called my friend and said, oh, you'll never guess what happened. I I was delivered today mm-hmm. of pornography. Yep. And my friend said, "Oh, like man, praise God." Mm-hmm. He said, "Dude, I just have so much freedom." And he said like, "Man, like amen." And he said, "Uh, what are you going to do to build like accountability and like make sure you don't go back to that life?" And he said, "Oh, you didn't hear me, man. Like it's dead. I'm I'm delivered." And he said, and he was until the next summer. And he didn't have a pornography prom anymore, because he was sleeping with several of the teenage female
0: mm. uh,
1: campers at this youth camp where mm. he was a counselor. Wow. I mean, you know, it's it's almost like we we always want a quick fix. We always we always want a quick fix. But man, there's this word called sanctification, and mm-hmm. and and, it, and even through spiritual warfare, we become more like Christ. Yep. If we really believe in that rich doctrine of God's sovereignty then he is in control over all things Mm -hmm. and what I'm not advocating for is that God wants us to live out a long laborious hard life Mm -hmm. of a certain addiction sure and I do believe that we can discover new freedom Mm -hmm. as we put to death the flesh on a daily basis walking by the power of the Spirit.
0: It, I will... Let me throw this caveat in there. Yeah. there I do believe that there are instances where God, for whatever reason, will at times instantly set somebody free from some sort of, of course. Um, addiction or whatever. Like, I know plenty of people that, you know, like uh, I, I got saved in a men's home. There are guys that struggle with drug and alcohol yeah. addiction. I've got plenty of friends who... You know, can testify that, man, when they surrendered their hearts to the Lord, they they never took another That's dr- right. drop of alcohol after that. Just never yeah. again. It just all, all kinds God, of examples. God just took that away. But he, God doesn't do that for every sin issue in their yeah. life. You know what I mean? But there's times where God does that. Why does he do it for some and not others? Because there's others that, you know, he doesn't do that for uh, I don't know why, but that's that's yeah. God's realm. You know, it's not for us to decide.
1: Well, it's like for me, I, I used to, I told you this before. I used to really struggle with rage and anger. Mm-hmm. I mean, before I met Christ, and then I came to Christ, and like that, like instantly that was gone. Yeah. But you know, it's also a fruit of the spirit: mm-hmm. peace, joy, patience, yep. the things that used to make me so mad. Yeah. And so also, I've been given a new. Second Corinthians five seventeen mm-hmm. through twenty one. You know, I'm a new creature, yeah. and I'm going gonna bastard now for Christ. And so, with that newness, I get new things, yeah. and so, I, so it is a mystery.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I do believe that I do believe that God can heal and change and all that stuff in a in a snap of a finger if mm-hmm. He so desires. Absolutely. I think the challenge is when you tell people, um, to your point. Well, you, your faith is not good enough mm-hmm. for this to to happen. Sure. That's why you keep wrestling with this because sure. your faith is not good enough. Sure. Yeah. Not that we live in a fallen world, and you have to be dependent on the Spirit mm-hmm. to help you through these things. Yeah.
0: So. It's good. So I think that, like we were saying, um, spiritual warfare can take on many different forms. Uh, within church planting what you know, we're talking about the church planting context yeah. specifically, you know, it can be conflict within or, or outside the church, um, can be, you know, I think another one is just, uh, when, you know, like people like new believers or whatever are falling away from the faith, you know, false conversions or whatever, like that's something that we've run up against a lot. It's very oh, yeah. discouraging, very hard, um, you know, believers falling back into sin or whatever, um. You know, even vision hijackers can be, you know, planted by the It's you know, kind of like you were talking about the people at the beginning who were like, you know, arguing with everything that you said and did. You know, I mean, people like that can uh, sometimes just be brought in to discourage us, you know, by the enemy. Um, But what I want to kind of spend the rest of our time talking about, Matt, is like, how do you prepare for spiritual warfare when you're on the front lines of ministry making disciples like this? Well, it's
1: going to sound so, so spiritual and so simple, but stay close to Jesus, Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, um, guard your prayer life, abide in, in, in Christ, you know, uh, understand day by day. All you're called to do is be a branch. Yep. You know, we're not divine. And if we're not plugged into the nutrients and the, and the sources with which our power comes from, then we're in trouble. yeah And especially if we're going to go out and try to do ministry, we're in big trouble. Mm-hmm. And so, that would be the first start, you know, being close, staying close to Christ. Yeah. I would say the other things too, I've I, I just learned this just the the longer I walk with, with, with Christ is um, guarding your mind, mm-hmm. guarding your heart, um, asking the Lord to show you uh, sin, all those kinds of things, and not watching every show that is out there just because you like it mm-hmm. or... I'll be I'll be frank I mean I'm I'm constantly amazed when I talk to I'll be at a church planning conference or speaking somewhere and I'll hear a group of church planners talking about like the latest Game of Thrones episode or something and Mm -hmm. I think you know brothers I mean and you know it's all that's legalism I don't think so actually yeah and then it's holiness like God Mm -hmm. has set us apart Mm -hmm. we should guard ourselves Mm -hmm. on those kinds of things Mm -hmm. and I know it's easy man I'm just as guilty at times you can get plugged into a storyline or whatever, yeah. and just think, "Oh, it's that's okay. Mm-hmm. I won't. I don't talk like that, or I, I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't have sex with women all the time, or whatever." But you're feeding your spirit. You're feeding yeah. your soul, yeah. man.
0: Yeah. The closer you walk with Jesus, too, the more it's going to bother you. Yes. Like I've noticed that. Like yeah. I've been. God's been doing some stuff in my life over the past year, and even more so over the past six months. I've really been. Um, and I'm not trying to like toot my horn or anything like that. Like yeah. I'm just kind of sharing what's going on in my life. Yeah. And I feel like God has really been challenging me and I've been very convicted to really, really, um, pursue him, um, in, yeah. you know, uh, valuing meditation and solitude again, spending time listening to God, spending time in his presence, uh, really meditating on the word. And as I'm doing that, as I, as I've been doing more of that, like I'm noticing, so there was like a there's a, a particular show that I've watched for uh, a couple of seasons, um, and I and I've always liked this show, and it's not it's nothing too bad, you know, but you know there's like violence and stuff like that. But I remember uh, a few weeks ago uh, the new season came out and I turned it on, man, and halfway through the first episode I was like, I don't want to watch this anymore. Yeah, I was just like, I, I was like, I'd rather just, I'd rather just read a book or something yeah and i just turned it off yeah it was a show that i was like really anticipating and looking forward to this new season i'm just noticing those changes that that come you know through time and you know i'm getting to the point now where there's almost nothing i like to watch on tv yeah like we'll watch shark tank you know and but not a whole lot else man or sports you know like i'll watch you know like the football or baseball or whatever but yeah i mean it's and
1: People are out there listening, like, "Oh gosh, man! These guys, guys are
0: a bunch of these guys, are a bunch of fundamentalists, tightwads. <laughs> yeah, <typewons. These guys, laughs> git- <laughs> bunch of fundamental
1: tightwads." It's not that at all. It's just, no. I mean, it gets back to what we're talking about today: spiritual warfare. You know, it's a it's a slow fade into bigger sins yeah. into bigger things, right. and um, mm-hmm. you know, spiritual warfare is either happening to you now or it's coming, and how you find yourself spiritually if you're spiritually on fire for Christ or if you're just kind of apathetic, it's going to make a big difference. Mm-hmm. I am promise I'm speaking from experience. There's been times in my life when the enemy I feel like has attacked and I wasn't really ready. Yeah. You know, Yeah, and God used it as a refining way. Sure. But there's been other times where it's like, yeah, I'm under attack right now, but mm-hmm. man, I know where my hope is. I know where my trust is mm-hmm. and get on your knees and you, you covered in prayer That's and right. you do those things. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think, Like you said, an abiding life in prayer, immersing yourself in the word of God. And then don't don't make intercessory prayer teams an afterthought. That's um, a really good word. You know, like your intercessory prayer team that you put together should be more important than the fundraising and the missions teams that come up. Mm. Um, Don't just give lip service to it, you know, because you feel like you have to sound spiritual and tell your partners how much you really depend on prayer. No, you actually do. And you actually need that prayer Because Mm -hmm. without it, you're nothing, and you're you're gonna be toast. Like Satan will eat you for lunch if you don't have it. Uh, Just go back and read through Paul's epistles, and notice how many times he asks the churches he's writing to to pray for him. Yeah, go, and and you'll notice that it's a lot more frequent than you realize. Paul is, you know, in fact, Ephesians six. At the end of Ephesians six, he says, "Pray for us." that we may have boldness to speak the word of God as we ought yeah. to, right? So literally in that passage, talking about spiritual warfare, Paul requests to the Ephesian church to pray for him and intercede yeah, for him. That's right. So, well, man, it's been a good episode. I know we've got a to, to run, and there's a whole lot more we could talk about Absolutely. with this topic, but maybe we'll uh, we'll do another episode on this topic at some point. We want to thank our listeners for listening to this week's podcast. Make sure you head on over to our website, www.getinthetrenches.com to listen to other episodes, and we need your help getting the word out. Uh, if this uh, podcast is beneficial to you at all, if it's been a blessing to you, then please share it with other people. Uh, you can do that just by maybe sharing the link to this episode on Facebook or on Twitter and um, uh, and also subscribing to the podcast uh, on iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher or Anchor, one of the platforms that we've got the podcast up on. Uh, we're going to be back with another, another episode next Monday. So until then, go out there and get in those trenches, church planters.